It just doesn't sound quite right, does it? It sounds like we're going to be traumatized. That's not what trauma night is. <laughs> trauma night is we're here to get set free from trauma. Amen? <laughs> oh, my wife laughed at me. What, was it first service? I said something last Sunday. I said, and I look good. And she goes, that's, that's a little conceited, isn't it, God? <laughs> isn't it, Steve? <laughs> I don't even know why I said it, but she had fun laughing at me, so it was awesome. Did you guys get a worksheet tonight? If anyone needs one of these, will you raise your hand? Do we have ushers that could bring? I love this format, by the way. You guys are blessed here at Christ Community Church. You have amazing pastors. You have amazing services. You know how rare it is to have a church that fully lets there be room for the Holy Spirit to move? It's rare, you guys. I travel places. I work with a lot of people in the body of Christ. You guys have something special here. And I just honor your leadership here. You guys are blessed. Um, So I just want to recap for a minute. Here's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to recap for about three minutes. We're going to move into what trauma is. And we're going to let the Holy Spirit minister. This is a night, like I said, of the intensive. This is a college intensive, if you weren't here Sunday. We're trying to pack in 16 weeks of material in two weeks. And I've talked to some of you. Some of you are pressing in. Some of you came up here on Sunday, and you weren't the same this week. If that's you, raise your hand. If you felt a difference, you came up here, yeah, there's quite a few hands. I came up here, and I received a grace to let God be my protector. I renounced my right to be my protector. And that was a big move because we can't get to this trauma that's inside without giving the king of kings permission to come in. I watched this in Inner Healing all the time. And it's kind of frustrating, to be honest. He will not violate your free will. Amen? I wish he would sometimes. I pray. That's not, not even a biblical prayer, but I prayed it. I'm like, God, just break my free will. Just like overcome. And he goes, that's your job, Steve. Part of our free will that holds back, say, even 1% that says, no, God, I don't want to go to that place inside. He will sit there for a session, for 10 sessions, for a year, for a decade, there's some things inside your heart that you have not 100% said, God, please come in. And yet I know that's confusing because there's traumatized, painful places inside that you're kind of sitting back going, then God, why aren't you doing something about this? He's going, I don't have your full permission yet. You have a divided heart. Part of you wants me, but I would never push past like your abusers, like your traumatizers. I'm not like them. I will sit and patiently wait for you to wholeheartedly agree with me. And I think we're ready for that tonight. Are you guys ready for that tonight? 
If you're ready, if you look on your worksheet, I just want to highlight this a bit. I've listed here, and I, I apologize again. I know we were short on time last time. I didn't have time to go over these, but all of these at the top are the defense mechanisms mentioned in your textbook. The textbook's for sale in the back, by the way. That's my book, The Divided Heart. And uh, we're just trying to cover all of that tonight. But these are the defense mechanisms that we've covered in my book. These are the places I've asked you this week, please read over the book, study, do some journaling, do some praying. You'll understand more, because some of these are kind of psychobabble words, aren't they? They come from that side of our, 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 our language, but, but that's okay. I want you to understand them and then to move past them. I've put something here that I want you to take out a pen if you've got it, because again, God needs and wants your permission. When we sign a document in our culture, that's our word. I put a place here for you to check the box and say, I decided to give Father God the role of being the protector of my heart. And I'd like to challenge you to sign that right there and date it. And keep this paper. It's part of your college course that you can look back years from now, and the Holy Spirit will take you back to this sheet. Believe me. He's good at that. He remembers right now. He'll say, pull that piece of paper out of your desk. I was given permission to be your protector. So I want you to sign this again to engage your free will. Your free will is the transmission of your heart. It's how you engage to move forward. You have to choose. I put here a prayer, and some of you, when you come up tonight, because the Holy Spirit has a lot He wants to do in your hearts, some of you are going to pray this prayer. And to be honest, it's because you're a little bit behind, because He's moving past this a, a bit. But if you're stuck, or if you didn't get this far, here's the prayer. Holy Spirit, what do my walls and defense mechanisms look like? What would you like me to know about those? He'll show you. He'll show you. Anyone know Sozo? You've heard of Sozo, an inner healing prayer model. They've got a whole part that's just called the wall. That's all they do. If you're stuck for 30 seconds, they'll say, Let's just ask the Holy Spirit. And you know what happens is, this will happen to you tonight. He gives you a picture. I've seen so many pictures of my walls, it's convicting. You go, God, what do they look like? You'll see this huge castle wall. You'll see this thick vault to a bank that's like two feet thick. You'll see all kinds of different visions. And he goes, that's what your wall looks like. You need to see that sometimes. To acknowledge it's there so you can choose to get out of that, to ask him, how do I get out of that? That's our first page. That's just a recap. Any questions about, I feel like a college professor. Any, any questions about page one? No questions. Good. All right, turn class to page two. This is kind of fun. I've never been a college professor before. <laughs> All right, I want to talk about trauma for a minute. There is a lot of misconceptions about trauma. I don't get many people that know or understand how their hearts traumatize. Most all of them have these defense mechanisms, especially denial and especially minimizing. 
Now, I've worked with, I, I'm sure there's way worse populations, people that have been traumatized worse than the people that I work with, but I've heard some horrific, horrific things over my 26 years. It's been, to be honest, a little traumatic for me just to hear the depravity on planet Earth and how it's acted out on each other. And yet, even those that have been through what I would say are the worst traumas will almost always say to me, but Steve, it's not as bad as... And they'll name something. There's this comparison thing that goes on. That's a defense mechanism called minimizing. That's no less active in your life when you say, but, you know, it was only just that I got spanked a little too hard. It was only just that I moved in kindergarten because my best friend, my first friend ever, and I were so close and I never saw them again. If God brings that up to you tonight as the trauma he wants to work on, please, please don't quench the Holy Spirit. Please don't go into minimizing and say, oh, but that's nothing. I guarantee you, if the Holy Spirit's bringing it up, that's something, guys. Amen? If he, now, here's the thing that happens, and I'll sit in inner healing. Pastor Ron does this, too, I'm sure, all the time. We'll say, you know, just kind of report to us. We pray, just kind of report what you see, what you hear, what you feel, and uh, you'll kind of wait on God, and uh, you say, what's going on? Oh, nothing. You get that, Pastor Ron? Quite a, oh, n- nothing much. And you be like, I could swear the Holy Spirit said so. So you keep asking, okay, anything? No, nothing. Well, you ask four or five times, then they'll maybe later say, well, actually, there was just this one little thought that came up in me. (laughs) Why? Because he's a still, small voice. The devil is not still, and he is not soft. He's loud, and he's fast. So I want you to listen tonight for the still, small voice. Amen? That's him. And if he brings up, I'm going to share real quick. My, one of my first inner healing moments, and this was trauma for me. I still struggle with, was this really trauma? But God said it was. So I'm triggered by my wife. She's not here tonight, so I can talk about her, right? <laughs> Just no one tell her this. But no, she, she knows this story. So I don't even remember. This was decades ago. I was just learning inner healing, and I'm trying, starting to practice this on myself. And Something kind of brought some sort of feeling up. And instead of projecting, which is a defense mechanism, onto her, she made me feel that. That's not true. No one can make you feel anything, right? I needed to own that. That's what inner healing does. So I I was getting a little bit of a clue enough to go, hey, Jesus, I don't really think it's me, but I, I think probably it's her issue but just in case, I think I'll check. And this doesn't happen to have anything to do with me, does it? And here's how we pray. We're going to do this later. We're just going to pray, Holy Spirit, would you just shine your light? Just shine your light on anything in me that maybe was a door point or a, a place where maybe a root, an origin of, of where this came from. And here's where he took me. Some of you are going to have this tonight. I hope all of you, but I I think a lot of you. I had a memory, but it it wasn't just a memory. You know how 
you can kind of have a flash of a picture, or you can just kind of like re-experience the whole thing. It's like I was there again. And I was this little, I'm going to say, seven-year-old kid in Little League Baseball. And I saw this. I I remembered my uniform. It was blue. It was the the Lions Club team. And I was proud of my little uniform. And here's what I saw. Almost like frame by frame, I see us playing ball, having a good time, smiley face. And I see practice is over. Then I see half the team's gone. I don't know why my mom and dad weren't there that night. Usually they were. They were in the stands, you know, really active parents. Um, Then I see there's probably two parents left. Then there's one. I see this last car. Again, this was like re-experiencing. This wasn't just, oh, I remember that. It was like, whoa, I'm there. And I see that last car stop by me and go to little Steve. Steve, you going to be okay? Your parents coming? And here's the picture on my face. It was smiley Steve. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. They'll be, they'll be here any minute. I saw that as clear as day. Smiley face. Now, that is a defense mechanism that my little heart at that time was using. I was disassociated. I was, that just means not associated with. I wasn't plugged in to my heart. I was projecting, I'm okay. But God takes me here to show me when that car drives off, maybe for the first time in my life, I'm alone. I'm out in the big bad world. Uh, You're minimizing my go, well, that's nothing. Everyone goes through that. A trauma is, and you should write this down, it's really anything that's bigger then you can cope with at that time in your development. Any event that's bigger than you can cope with at that time in your development. I was a little dude. I didn't know how to handle when the sun's going down. I see the sun going down. That was an abandonment wound. Now, I don't know. They might have just been gone for two minutes for all I know. I don't remember, except I know this. I experienced fear. I experienced, am I going to be okay? Am I safe? Do they still love me? I could see my racing thoughts behind disassociated, smiley Steve was that scared little boy inside. And here's what God did. I Now I'm doing inner healing on myself, and I say, Jesus, thank you for this memory. Is there anything you want to show me? And I see this. He was standing right behind me. Although it was dark, the sun was going down, in my mind's eye, and it was more real than what I see in you right now. It was so real to me. He was right behind me the whole time just standing there like this. And doesn't the word say that? I will never, what? Leave you or forsake you. Now, that was scripture applied in a dark place in my heart that once I saw that, not only did that memory go peaceful, but this trigger point from my wife wasn't a trigger anymore. It had nothing to do with her. It had nothing to do with our, our, our relationship. It had everything to do with a dark spot inside of me. That's inner healing. Does anyone want that tonight? 
that was trauma. And what you'll see here is there's two types of trauma. I just want to highlight this to get past some of your defenses tonight. Type A and type B trauma. We're back to psychology did this for us, but this really helps. Type A trauma refers to having had an absence. You can fill that in the blank there. An absence of good and necessary things that we need to grow and thrive. These are the things that you just didn't get that you should have gotten. Now, we always think of type B trauma, which refers to the bad, B for bad, things that happen that overwhelm our emotions and our capacity to relate. If I asked you right now, did you have trauma, you'd go through some processing where you'd think, was I sexually abused? Yes or no. Was I physically beaten? Yes or no. That in our culture equals trauma, but that's not what trauma is alone. That is trauma. This over here is just as traumatic, I would argue maybe even sometimes more, because what I needed as a kid, just like I need air to breathe, I need food to eat and clothes to wear, even more so, I need love, I need safety, I need security. There's so many of you in this room, you went through things growing up that life just wasn't predictable. That's one of the biggest type A traumas that we have. It just wasn't predictable for you. You didn't know if your alcoholic dad coming home at night was going to be in his happy side of his divided heart or his angry, mean, abusive side of his heart. Things weren't predictable. He might smile and then, boom, he might cock you in the face. That's some of you tonight. Not only is that a type B because you got physically abused, but the type A trauma of that is Life didn't feel predictable, safe, or secure for you. God needs to heal that because you're still walking around with tons of defense mechanisms because deep inside of you, you still feel like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. You might feel good, but there's, there's some sort of anxiety inside that's kind of, maybe it's deeper, it's kind of down here that goes, I don't know what's going to happen. There's now sleeplessness. Now there's all kinds of irritable bowel, restless legs. Some of the stuff you go through physically because inside, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? That needs to be brought into the light, brought to the altar, and ask God without any defense mechanisms, will you come into that dark place? And it's really places because that happened for years and years and years that he wants to heal. He'll show you something, you guys. He'll be either standing behind you. He'll say something to you. He's going to heal that. And it's a journey. It's a process. But that's what he wants to do tonight. Type A trauma and type B trauma. Number two, common reactions to trauma. Just so you know, because we need to kind of look at the symptoms sometimes to diagnose the problem, but also to just ask so we know, to ask God about how, in what areas we need healing. Disassociation, I already shared this, unplugging from your emotional self. 
You know, here's the really hard thing about this, because I minister a lot in the church and in the world, but the people in the world that I talk to get this better than the people in the church. And it's because there really is in our culture a religiosity that says, you remember how Jesus defined that. He said to the Pharisees, you're a whitewashed tomb. He said, you know, on the outside you look all polished in white and washed. But what did he say was on the inside? You are like dead bones. There's death. It's dry. Outside, look good. Inside, uh, that's the religious spirit. Now, I'm not saying we even were preached that so much, but somehow we came up with this thing that to be a Christian, you don't have those dead, dry, sad, rejected, scared feelings inside. We're supposed to have the fruit of the Spirit, right? What's the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, Peace, I have such a hard time with. There's a season for everything, right? In Ecclesiastes, there's a season for mourning, for grieving. There's times like tonight, I believe God's going to, if you'll let him, show you some dark places inside that he goes, this is me. I want to show you some emotions inside. Jesus was very emotional. Religion makes us disassociate from our emotion, judge our emotion, stuff our emotion, rationalize doing it because we don't really want to feel it. We put God's name on it, and we think, okay, we're holy because outside we look really good. But sometimes the holiest thing you can do is to walk through the pain inside of your own heart. Amen? I am preaching better than you guys are saying amen. I mean, that's, some of you are living this out. I know you. So watch for this unplugging thing and watch for this rationalization that, well, I'm a Christian and I'm happy and joyful. Yes, in part of your divided heart you are. In the other part of your heart you are very much not. And God wants to come in and set you free from that. That's A. B. This is a spirit-filled church. I'm so glad I can teach this here. Demonization. Who believes in demons? Yeah, most of you do. Did you guys know most of the body of Christ does not? We have research that says even, this is in my book, um, up to 85% of the body of Christ doesn't even believe that there's a devil. Now that's deception, isn't it? We not only believe there is a devil, we believe that he has no authority over the believer. Amen? That was settled at the cross. However, there's a contract in the covenant that was written that gives the enemy, because of our free will, the right to help us if we want him to. I say that facetiously. He doesn't help anyone. But if I have a lie inside because I was sexually abused when I was five years old and I think it's my fault and I'm bad, you better believe there's a demon right here that's more than willing to repeat that to you day and night, day and night. I remember the first time we ran into a demon called a repeater demon. That's all it does. It plays a tape. Some of you have that all night long. Things. And sometimes it's not just old traumas from childhood, it's things that you're kind of bitter about. And it just, all it has to do is press the play button and it just feeds you this ongoing. Now that's, that's torment, isn't it? 
Now, that couldn't be there unless there was something to repeat. It's a repeater demon. That's what I'm saying here is what happens with trauma is here's where strongholds from the enemy come in. They come in generationally, and they come in through trauma. And here's my uh, point to fill in here. Trauma is a door point. You can write that in. Trauma is a door point. You can write Ephesians 4.27 right there. Ephesians 4.27 says that don't let the sun go down on your anger, lest you give who? Satan a foothold. That's a foot in the door. You're closing the door. He has no right to come in except that I harbored anger. Not that I felt anger. Be angry and sin not, right? But if I harbored it, he has a right to put his foot in the door, and you better believe he can slip in. That's a a door point. Ask Jesus tonight in your trauma. Anything that you feel that he brings up, go, God, would you show me the door point? Where do they, you'll be shocked some of the things he'll show you. And he will close the door. That's what he does. He is the door. <laughs> he'll close that on your divided heart, and that enemy won't have any right to repeat to you. It's a door point. Number C, mistrust. It's a lack of willingness to attach. We're going to talk about attachment on Sunday. Please come back. Please bring your, your friends, your family. But this attachment thing has everything to do with trust. A baby trusts their mother. There's no defense mechanisms there, even though there should be sometimes. They don't have them yet. That's what God made us to be. Anything less than that childlike faith inside of us is a defense in you. It's a shield. It's a mistrust. And that's what attachment, that's what trauma does. I asked God that one time. I go, God, boy, Satan is big on trauma, isn't he? And he goes, yes, son. And it's not just because back here he wanted to torment someone for a day or for a year. Here's what he does. He's a seed planter, just like the Holy Spirit is. He wants to plant a seed that goes, don't trust anyone. He wants you to make a vow. If I couldn't trust my Uncle John, then I can't trust anybody. There's a decision in your heart there. I vow, whether you said it that way or not, I vow to not trust anyone because even those closest to me hurt me. Okay, you know what happens then? Just like our Constitution rules the rest of the country's life, this vow back here, now for the rest of your life. You operate off of that place that says, I won't trust. That's ingenious by an enemy that's not as smart as God, but he sure is smarter than me. Because all he has to do is one seed back here, and for the rest, he's kind of lazy, actually. For the rest of my life, he doesn't have to do much of anything. I operate off of that. That's what trauma does. D, shame. It was my fault is the blank there. I feel dirty. I feel bad. Some of you are going to take a spiritual shower tonight. You're going to be so amazed at 
God, what he does, he trades beauty for ashes. <laughs> and let him do it in his timing. But there's so many times on my way home from work or I'm ministering somewhere, I just feel like something got on me. The world got on me. Something got triggered. I'll just say, I'll just say, God, Father, please wash me with the word. Wash me with your word right now. Because this shame, I'm dirty, I'm bad thing, you carry that through the rest of your life. You can't and won't receive love because it doesn't jive with you. you how can you take in love when you don't have love? You have shame. They're opposites. God wants to set you free from that tonight. Amen? Some of you, this is already set in the set. You can come up here right now because I'm going to release you in about five minutes we're going to start just ministering here. But these scenarios aren't just random. This is the Holy Spirit speaking to you. He's saying, you have shame. You don't know how to receive love because it hits a place. Your job is to come up and go, Jesus, would you show me where the root, where's the door point of that shame? Shine your light on any places of shame inside of my heart. I want to tell you a quick story, and then I'm serious. You guys can start coming up. I was at a church. I was telling Pastor Ron this. As I was praying for tonight, I got this memory. I was at a church a while ago. I was teaching a little bit like this, a little different, but I was three slides into a pretty amazing PowerPoint. I kind of like PowerPoints. It had the cool animations and everything in it. Have you guys seen those? It, and it did things, and there were videos, and I'm kind of like clicking the clicker, and I'm like enjoying this. I'm three slides into this thing, and the Holy Spirit says, you're done preaching, son. I'm ready. He really said that. It was so clear in my, my head. And I, told, I confessed to Pastor Ron. I go, so what did I do? I went two more slides. I'm sorry, Holy Spirit. I just liked my PowerPoint. He just kind of laughs at me. But so finally, by the fifth slide, he's like, son, I'm serious. I am done with your preaching. I'm ready to move. I think it was a women's meeting or something. It was, it was nighttime, but I'm, it's like 7.15. We've got till 10. People, I, I stopped. All, this is all I did. I just stopped, and I just went, Holy Spirit, we release you to do what only you can do. Would you shine your light on any dark places inside of me? And would you bring your light? And it got really super quiet. But I think it's probably two minutes later, a lady about kind of right back there, she starts screaming. A lady back there starts crying. Three up here just start dropping to their knees. There was a move beginning, and it kind of spread everywhere. And it wasn't by human design, by words, by will. I did nothing, you guys. I'm not going to do much at all after I put this mic down. He just started to do because we gave him permission. I was there literally till about 2 in the morning. From 7.15 till 2 in the morning. Actually, I took the screaming lady up in a room with my wife, and, and she got delivered of massive, awesome stuff. But I came back down. They were filled at the altar. The pastor, poor pastor, she hadn't done inner healing before. I handed the mic over to her and left. She's like, what? 
this, this is chaos. They're all screaming. They're all crying. I leave the room. What a nice guest speaker I am. And I come back, but she did great. And she's holding the mic, and she's just hearing testimonies by now. And I just got to sit back and listen. And a lady comes up, and she goes, I had an abortion when I, when I was 16. I never knew it was still an issue for me, but the Holy Spirit came, and he washed me. And he held me in my arms, and there was no shame. And the next woman got up and said, and I was sexually abused when I was 12, and I've never trusted a man since. I've always held them at arm's length. And the Holy Spirit came, and he held me, and he ministered to me. And one after the other after the other, my dad wasn't there for me. I never got hugged. I never got told I love you. And he came and he loved me. One of my favorite inner healing moments, Jesus came to me in my place of pain and he gave me communion. I was wrecked, you guys. I, I mean, I couldn't speak for six hours. I mean, he literally looked at me. I saw this in my mind's eye. He takes the wafer and he says, this is my body. I gave it for you. Personally, he wants to meet you all there. Worship team, would you, someone just give us some background music? These are the things God wants to heal on trauma night because you've allowed him. You've said yes to him and no to your defense mechanisms. I want you to come up. You're stirred, some of you. If you're not stirred, that just means there's some defense mechanisms in the way. That's okay. Intercessors, if God calls you to intercede, I want you to start interceding. Don't use it as an avoidance. Please, double check. Because maybe it's you that's not supposed to minister. You're supposed to receive from him tonight. And when you come up here, just do with this ask. Say, Father God, would you just shine your light on any dark places inside of me? Any place that there's darkness still, there's trauma. Any place that's a division of my heart, I give you full permission to do what only you can do. There's so many people with daddy issues here. I just feel it in my spirit. It's the type A trauma is you just never really got validated. You were supposed to be told and spoken over you and blessed that you are wanted. You are loved. You are worthwhile. You are needed. You're valued. If you didn't get that, you need to come forward and say, Jesus, shine your light on these places in me. But there's just a lack of validation. He wants to touch you. This trauma is nothing for him. Father, I just cover my friends here. I just cover them. I stand in intercession over them, God. We just say the Lord rebuke you. The Lord God who chose Israel rebuke you and restrain you. All hindrances, all mountains be moved. 
Be thou cast into the sea all defenses. God, we just right now, I see it in the spirit. We just turn that key and we just open that prison door for our emotion to come out. That side of our heart that carries pain and trauma, I just command that door to open right now, God, in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Fling wide. And just say, I just choose to feel, God. I choose to feel. I choose to feel. I choose to feel. feel.